Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. We're talking on the podcast with Susan E. Isaacs. She is an actress or actor. That's the term that is appropriate these days. Actor, yeah. writer, comedian. I still like saying comedian because I always... Yes, we. Oui. Yeah. Comedian. Comedian. I like that because Lucille Ball was a comedian. And if anybody can be that funny, uh, then you're doing pretty good. Uh, also, she uh, writes a blog and she is a professor. Now, do you teach full-time at Chapman? Yes, I'm a full-time professor now. Okay. Um, and I, I really, really love it. I think, say for acting, my, my, I just did some um, self-tape thing for my agent. But um, the older I've gotten, the more I've just wanted to go back to story, story, story. Mm -hmm. And teaching isn't just teaching. It's also helping my students write their story. So I'm just their idea man, you know, where I'm constantly, what about this? What about this? So I love helping other people bring their stories to life and encouraging other writers. Um, and it's also made me a much better writer. I'm working on a screenplay right now. I've, I've had another book in me for about 10 years that I just, I keep going back to it again, it, you know, incredible ADHD. I want to write it. I don't want to write it. I'm, oh, I'm, you know, my, I'm like a dog seeing a squirrel out the window, <laughs> but the tea, you know, twirl. Um, but I am working on on that. Um, so I have a lot of iron, creative irons in the fire, but teaching and helping other writers bring their story to life and find their their voice um, is just so fun. It's really, really fun and rewarding. What are, what are the challenges? Um, you, you obviously, uh, the MFA program for screenwriting, is, a, mm -hmm. is it a two year or a three year program mm -hmm. for MFA? The MFA screenwriting program is two years. The directing okay. program is three years, but sure. yeah. Um, so when, what are <clears throat> you, you know, August of the start of a year, school year, mm -hmm. what are the challenges that you see with the students that you have and in the screenwriting? Well, I think one of the biggest challenges is that it's essentially, it's a two-year program, but if you're honest, that's maybe less than two years if you're talking about August to May. Mm -hmm. Two get this intense intensive that sets you on a path that is going to be the rest of your life as a writer mm -hmm. that's a very short period of time and I think um, as I like to tell my students it's never going to be as terrible or wonderful as you anticipate it will be so you'll go in maybe with these high hopes that xyz is going to happen and you're going to walk out of it and you're going to sell your first script for a million bucks it's probably not going to happen um, but you need is helping set expectations of learning foundational things that are going to be with you for the rest of your life and that you need to practice the rest of your life and that uh you you know i think that's the huge challenge is setting expectations of the writer that this is not an instantaneous thing this is something you have to do for mm -hmm. a very long time and that you know hopefully i mean chapman is really you know committed to getting our students 
signed up with internships, making connections, um, building up, because the biggest thing in Hollywood is getting to know people and proving yourself to them so that they can then go on and do things. I've seen, because I started in 2018, and I see, I've got a couple of students that just brilliant and maybe they're still waitering or they've had some some jobs ad hoc you know piecework and i think this is somebody that should be on staff somewhere right, right now because yeah. they're that good right. but job scarcity uh i think now again the, one of the hugest problems now is because of covid and that is when like my my graduate thesis class right now they're in their second year i had them first year um but then covid hit and um the sense of community that you build in a writer's room that that to me is very very important is that it's not just the people in my class but it's a family and we're all committed to um helping each other be the very best writer they can be um so much of that is human beings together in a room and they'll talk about zoom you know zoom being terrible because your brain can't read cues etc cetera, etc cetera. and I'm like yeah yeah that that's all true but it's also just the spirit of people in a room you know being human beings together and that has been taken away uh -huh. and um i mean so i i really hate zoom but i also hate being sick and i have students with underlying health conditions so i'm in no rush but i think the challenges are trying to create a sense of community in such a short period of time that when you look at the large picture is going to be with you for the rest of your life and also that you know i urge them to just because you're graduating in may doesn't mean you shouldn't keep writing i mean they have their own text group you know they 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 have a, a strong sense of community and i'm really happy about that but one thing i'm just going to you know really urge them is like you guys need to keep doing this you need to keep meeting on Zoom and are meeting in person and you guys need to continue to help each other out because without that, it's so easy for it to all fall apart. And yeah, somebody's going to go off and get hired on, and, but you're, you know, you're, you know, I have 13 um, thesis students this, this year. You're, you're all, you all belong to each other. Right. There was a, a great series a while back called Band of Brothers. This is like a, oh, band, of, a band of writers is what you're talking about. Yeah. And uh, you, yeah, you, band you, of writers. you need to have uh, each other's backs. And yeah. if somebody's having a bad time, let them talk about it and get it out. Yeah. Or yeah. write about it and, turn, and yeah. turn, turn, turn that into a few scenes. Great time talking to Susan Isaacs. We'll be right back. This podcast features engaging conversations with leaders, artists, and creatives sharing about current trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. Today's episode is produced by Matchstick Media International, a nonprofit that's passionate about inspiring both visionary leaders and young creatives to harness the power of media to further the gospel. To learn more, visit us at matchstickmedia.org. Now, back to Craig. I've worked in the secular and in faith-based as well. But can you talk about what it's like being a, a, a woman, a, a professional of faith that you are, Susan, working in a very tough industry? Um, yeah, you know, I can say when I first started out, 
um, you know, I was just terrified, you know, sort of like that Lutheran background, you know, um, people are going to persecute you because you're a Christian. Um, but like sitting in a makeup chair, I would always just find there are people of faith. The older and the longer I've been in it, the less and less, I think, because the America's become more and more unchurched. Well, you think it's become, um, you're becoming less and less. Oh, yes, yes. Much more unchurched, much more secular. I mean, I think George Barna has tracked that for quite a while. And also increasingly suspicious and um, anti. And certainly, um, I think, while the the faith-based foray into politics was well-meaning, I think when we got aligned with power, um, a lot of things went awry. I can say, I, I think a lot of Christian ministries felt like they became more political ministries. Right. And I've always been a political skeptic where I feel like, yeah, this side is promoting this part of what Jesus said and not that side. Whereas the other side, they are definitely very, very committed to this thing that's biblical. And then there's all this other stuff that's not. So I've never really bought into well, no, that I was saying, for a long time, I did buy into this political party represents my Christian values. And then I started to see, well, well maybe it doesn't. So okay. I don't, I'm, you know, I just kind of, when I, people ask me what party I belong to, it's like, I belong to the pessimist party. Everyone mm -hmm. poops. Um, but <laughs> so I, I think the fallout, and I certainly see this now um, in academia, that there's a huge anger and hurt mixed with human nature hypocrisy pride blah 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 and that's human nature to then find a villain and then make it about them but i will say maybe people i mean like chris pratt is a christian and he's very unapologetic about it and um you know, I've worked with him a few times on something for Jurassic World and then also for Parks and Rec. And people love him, you know, because he's him. You know, he is who he is. And anyway, I think it's been easy just to be your own self or like whether I'm teaching or whatever I'm doing is just be the love of Jesus to people. Mm -hmm. And if that person is closed off for whatever hurt or misinformation or their own pride that came to you. All you can just be is be yourself. Yeah. And that when, you know, I don't go advertising, so like, as a Christian, you know, whatever. I mean, I think I made a joke about, yeah, um, you know, I gave up, um, I gave up schadenfreude for Lent. And they're like, oh, that's right. Or like, I'm like, you know, I'm doing keto for Lent or whatever. So just that kind of thing. So then people find out by example, and then, maybe you are a different representation of Jesus than what they've expected. Yeah. And it also helps to be really good at your craft, whatever that is. Yes. Yes. If you're really bad at your craft, I mean, probably the worst combination is go around advertising. I'm a Christianist. I'm, and then to be really bad at your craft. Right. That's not great. Or just be really bad at being a human being. Yeah. Yeah. And for everyone, you know, for everyone listening uh, that may not know, because we also have people where English is their second language. Mm. Schadenfreude uh, means that you enjoy the misery uh, of other people, that they're going through difficult times. You're going, ah, yeah, I'm really liking that you're going through a tough time. Yeah. And um, yeah, so Schadenfreude is German, means literally means sad, happy. 
Yeah. You know, you're happy at other person's sadness. Yeah. So I think um, it's getting harder. And I would also say that social media has been an echo chamber that has made so much of human nature worse. Um, we've all gotten into echo chambers. We've all siloed. We're starting to unite around what we hate. And it is, I mean, I've kind of pretty much gone off social media because I've just been so heartbroken and horrified by the things that I've seen. And I, and, um, so probably the only place I, I, I'm on is my Facebook public page um, where a lot, a lot of my blog posts are there. Um, and that's just, and there's so many times that like I get upset and I think I need to say something, but then I think, what good is it going to do? Right. It's going to look like virtue signaling to the people who agree with me and the people who disagree with me are going to feel attacked. And I feel so heartbroken and, you know, dismayed over over just public discourse and and I understand with Christians who have very strong opinions and like they have what they really feel God is calling them to do. Sure. A friend of mine, she is a political conservative. She's a Baptist. She um, feels like her ministry is when she finds good Christians who may be caught up in QAnon in, um, conspiracies to have conversations with them. And her posts have like 300 and 400 comments. And I'm like, Girl, more power to you. I can do it. Yeah, understood. I, I mean, I just I feel like I, you know, I don't know why I would get any sleep. And I just, I mean, my poor husband, he's just a big liberal hippie. And I'm like, I, I can't follow you on Facebook. I can't look at your memes. I love you. But, you know, um, appreciate your ministry. It's not mine. Yeah. But like, I'm like, I don't want to hear. I don't, I, I he gets so irate about politics. And to me, it's like, it's like napalm. I'm like, I cannot talk about it with someone else. I just feel like it's just, you're just spewing napalm and you, it's not anything you can do anything about. And politically these days, you say the wrong thing and oh. it can have consequences as we're seeing. Oh, it's recently. ridiculous. It, yeah. The cancel culture is like, you're just another kind of Taliban. Yeah. Like it, I, yeah. I mean, and there, and there's no, uh, yeah, I think it's so mind blowing. It's so mind blowing. I think, yeah, we yeah, could, that's we could, the other we, side of it. We could spend a whole episode uh, yeah, or more on that. Right. But then, uh, yeah, great time talking to Susan Isaacs. Very creative and inspiring. And we hope that you'll join us on the next episode. Thanks. This podcast features engaging conversations with leaders, artists, and creatives sharing about current trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. Today's episode is produced by Matchstick Media International, a nonprofit that's passionate about inspiring both visionary leaders and young creatives to harness the power of media to further the gospel. To learn more, visit us at matchstickmedia.org. Now, back to Craig.